And hopefully we aren't taken down with a copyright violation. Right. right. How you doing? That was, my, that was my first question. What's going on with that? What? Where, so where did that come from? Just curious. Oh, that one was submitted some time ago, but I think I've been too afraid to, uh, to play it. But let me, let me look here. Are we still live on Facebook and YouTube? <laughs> yes, we're still live. They didn't, they didn't kill us. So, uh, okay. so far wow. so good. Wow. We are setting a good example, aren't we? Yes. Uh, no, we're not. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, everyone, welcome to the new media show. That intro probably will not make it into the regular podcast. Uh, probably, probably not. It'll probably right. be cut out for those of you right. listening to the show. What the heck are they talking about? Well, <laughs> yeah, who can it be now was uh, part of the intro music starting the the show today. Yeah. So live. So <laughs> I was gonna say I could see the cease and desist coming very soon. And yeah. and and being you and I who we are, they would just love. <laughs> right. But anyway, hey, 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 here we are, and uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was good. It was okay. good. Always, always relaxing and the food's always good. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> I had a pretty, pretty, uh, easy weekend in all honesty. After that, it was kind of, kind of a chill out weekend. It was nice, but I tell you what, uh, this week, man, I have like had to like almost like prod myself all week just, just to stay motivated. It's been hard. I should have just took this week off and took a vacation because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, it, it's bad. I've had to really, really buckle down and concentrate. And, and the emails have been slow too. So maybe everyone else is in the same, same dilemma. Well, I think it's, it's in this limbo land as we move into December. I think things will pick up here for a couple of weeks and then they'll tail off again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's good though. You know, there, there's still a constant stream of stuff happening in the space. You know, Apple announced their, Best of 2021 list, uh, mm. which always always yes. is an interesting uh, release. And then I also been tracking this uh, share of year uh, quarter three study from that that was presented by Westwood One. I, I don't know if you saw that, Todd, or not. I I did, it's, but I didn't uh, yeah. go too deep. It just shows everything's up, and the youngins, eighteen to thirty five, are listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, that's. That's true. Um, you know, if you dig into the weeds of what's going on here, there's definitely, you know, a little bit of a shift going on, which maybe runs a little contrary to people's perceptions, um, of what's happening out there. It seems like, uh, that the share of audience with Pandora seems to have been declining pretty fast. Who? Uh, Pandora. Who? Who? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, I think that there's a perception out there that they've, they've done well. And then at, at the same time, then there's Spotify and their, their model is shifting as well, which is an interesting thing. If you compare it to, you know, like way back in 2016 to where they are quarter three, 2021, uh, they're, they're shifting to be an ad free subscription based platform, um, more so than what they started out as being. So they, the advertising side of Spotify is becoming a little bit less important. 
I would say. Enough people are uh, paying their, what is it, 20 bucks a month or whatever? How much is it? I don't even know what a Spotify membership is. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the dollar amount is. I'm not a paid member of it either, but, um, but it's just an interesting shift, you know, in the, the radio side, which of course, with the presentation from, from Westwood one is always spun in the positive light around radio. Right. But if you look at the overall numbers, um, on, on what's happening is like podcasts versus, um, a radio podcasts are just kind of in, in proportion, they're kind of exploding. And then what you're seeing with radio is kind of a slow drip decline in audience. Um, but they, they portray it as though it's, you know, it's still the majority, right? So they still think it's, it's really, it's just, you know, I think you have to look at it from kind of a long-term perspective. Um, and you can kind of see where the market share of AM FM radio is actually, you know, it's eroding is what, what it is. It's just taking a long time for it to happen. Um, but podcasting has seen a big jump against, uh, the ad supported Pandora, Spotify, and Sirius XM platforms. Um, so I, it's a little bit of a mixed bag if you think about it for radio and for podcasting, but you can clearly see in the, the numbers here that <clears throat> the AM and FM radio industry, uh, I think what we're going to see is definitely uh, more energy being shifted over to doing more things with podcasting. That's what the data is showing into, to reach younger audiences too. Well, there was something interesting that I found when I was back in Honolulu for a few days was a radio station that I used to listen to, uh, mm-hmm. a talk radio station, an AM radio station. Uh, I was kind of bored one day flipping through the FM because it was, you know, I got a little tired of Hawaiian music or whatever, and I had a rental car and I wasn't tuned in really just listen to podcast and I flipped mm-hmm. to AM. I turned to the station that I normally listened to years ago and it was, <laughs> there was nothing there. The station was gone. Oh. And, wow. uh, I thought, wow. Now they, there, there was a carrier signal there, but there was no programming taken on. So, you know, AM is, you know, been regulated for many years to religion, some sports talk. And while much of that did move into FM, mm-hmm. even the FM lineup seemed to me to be kind of weak. But again, there was the rock station, the country station, the religious stations there. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, it, it was a little bit weird, I guess, because I have not literally have not listened to radio in many, mm-hmm. many, many years. It was my first really opportunity to listen to radio again in a long time. And uh, I can see why people are, why it's declining. It was, to me, it was not, at least in Honolulu, it was not something that I would, I I just didn't get anything out of it. Right. Right. So it was interesting to, you know, I I don't know, I guess we'll see, but um, I think we're all aware that, radio is still is not going anywhere anytime soon. Let's just be, be frank, but yeah, it's not, it's not, but if you just look at one slide here, it's a good, good snapshot of what's kind of going on here. Persons 25 to 54 
AM and FM radio is still the dominant percentage, you That's know, from scary. 2017 mm-hmm. through 2021, the percentage is 73% share for ad supported audio, um, versus in 2021, 60%. So it's off 13% in all those years, uh, where podcasting is up from 6% to 14%. So that's, that's been the, uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty significant jump. And then AM FM radio streaming has gone from 6% to 11%. So it's actually gone up, but less than podcasts have gone up. Um, and then the, um, the ad supported Pandora and Spotify have actually either been flatlined or they've gone down. The, the, the only one on the ad supported side was to go up was the Sirius XM folks, um, over those, what, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, ad supported Sirius XM is up a little bit. Uh, podcasts are way up, um, and over the air radio is in a state of decline, um, so I think this is, this pretty well reflects the shift to, um, to more on demand listening. Now it didn't specify on the AM FM radio streaming side, if that was on demand or if that was just live streams, um, I'm assuming it's probably live streams, but yeah, I think it's interesting these shifts and I think these shifts are important, I think from the standpoint of how we're going to see the broader industry kind of shift in their priorities, their emphasis and their investments, um, into, um, going where the audience seems to be moving towards. Well, it's pretty obvious if you're, it's digital. Yeah. Um, you know, and then someone was, I saw something, where did I see it? It was basically the question was being asked, why aren't local? company like local car dealerships and stuff advertising on podcast and you know it's they said there was confusion on how to advertise in podcast and i don't know if this was in that study or not but it mm-hmm. was it it was it, anyway the the gist was they don't understand how to well the problem is mm-hmm. they they're gonna they there's no one doing wide you know except for programmatic so really right. the only people that are going to be able to help local car dealerships is a programmatic platform that has thousands of shows that can place a thousand spots on, you know, or 5,000 spots on 5,000 shows that are listened to in small regional areas to get any type mm-hmm. of volume. So that's yeah. the only place, yeah. you know, that's where programmatic is going to win the day is for these small advertisers like car dealerships. To get, right. to get in front of people. This is not going to happen coming to me and saying, Todd, I want to be on 10 shows and advertise right. to, you know, I, I, you know, we've got a lot of shows, but still not enough to, what's the guy going to do? Write me a check for 50 bucks, you know? So. Right. Right. It gets back to, to, to geo targeting. Um, and it gets back to, you know, like you were saying, Todd, running campaigns across a large numbers of shows that are listened to in that particular geographic area that's around that car dealer or what, whatever. Now, yeah. if it's a national car buy, you can certainly right, target right, right. To, to certain areas of the country that maybe align more with a certain, you know, product line of a vehicle or something like that. But uh, um, Tom's in yeah. the chat room. He said live stream. So I, I guess I he he responded to something you said. So I apologize. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I made a comment that I wasn't sure if it, if it was re- referring to on demand or live oh, okay. radio streams. Right. Right. Which makes sense. And I think I actually said that. Yeah. Because it is probably live streams. Yeah. yeah. All right. So he did. He clarified live streams. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, you know, I, I'm also this, it's getting these quarterly reports now. And I don't remember when they started doing those. Maybe Tom can tell us when they start doing those, but they did a little subsets of stuff before, but it seems like we're getting more data now Mm -hmm. from his team on on a regular basis, which, you know, just continues to show the spaces is definitely moving, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that the, that the streaming folks are, are moving away from ad supported you know, models. Oh, more a spot, more, a spot, oh yeah. Like they're looking for the yeah. subscriptions, but you know, I, I don't know. I've been listening. I, I tell you one thing, when one thing we did listen to, we, when we were, when I was in Columbus last week on Tuesday, um, during lunch, I said, uh, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And one of my team members said, uh, just search taco Tuesday on Spotify. And so I, I'm not a paying member of Spotify, so I logged in uh, to my mm-hmm. free account and yep. searched Taco Tuesday. I didn't hear a single ad. Now, not to say that I wouldn't have, but it was all Latino music for Taco Tuesday, and it was fun, but I don't remember hearing an ad. Now, I'm sure that if we'd have listened long enough, we probably would have. There would have been something spliced in there. So I can't imagine Spotify is not monetizing against free people like me. Yeah, Todd, I just wonder is 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 it possible this is a precursor to what we're going to see long term with podcasting? Is that we start to see increased growth in ad ad free subscription podcasts more and more? Well, um, if you, you mean, know, I, if you look at that yeah. Apple Podcast Best of 2021, mm-hmm. and you go down near the bottom of the article, and they yeah. talk about top um top channels. And this is one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit. Number two was Luminary. And I thought, hmm, Wondery. That's a, that's a subscription. Yeah. So you got number one is Wondery, Luminary, Sword and Scale, Mm -hmm. Tenderfoot TV, Q Code, Pushkin Industries, Imperative Entertainment, Radiotopia Realm, and The Athletic. Now, Mm -hmm. oh, these are on subscriptions. So I, yeah, that's their, their paid, paid model. Yeah. So, Then if you go back up to free channels, yeah, Audio Chuck, New York Times, iHeart, Dateline, Barstool, ABC, ESPN, exactly right, Cooked Media, TED. So that lays some info. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, again, not doing a paid show. There obviously people are seeing some, some success over there and Apple's quite, mm-hmm. I'm sure quite happy to promote all that because they're getting whatever it is, 30% of that. Yeah. So you would expect them to, to promote that a little more. So, mm-hmm. but if you look at the top new shows, there's stuff there that I, people, I don't even know. I don't even, you know, I, I'm going to have to subscribe to some of these because well, they're new shows. Yeah, right? I mean, unless you're you're going and actively trying to find these new shows, right? So, so here's right. here's the tops, the number six show. This is what I really find interesting. Is okay. 
being a swinger used to be very taboo, right? Yeah. Now it's right. the number sixth show, top six show, OC Swingers with Justin Harmon. It's a top six. So it tells you it tells you where the country's at. <laughs> you know, things have changed. Yeah. And well, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, that's in the top six. Uh, uh, And I'm assuming it's about swingers, OC, Orange County Swingers with Justin Harmon. Um, And again, I have no idea what that I'm if it's just uh, fiction or if it's, uh, you know, interviewing real life swingers. I don't know. But then you go down a little further and you've got I'm looking at this um, unraveled dark history suspect, the Ezra Klein show. Murdoch murders, daughter death, apology line, mommy doomsday, we can do hard things. These are uh, top, I was from reading from the bottom up. So, Goran Grime continue to do very well. I had a call with a very successful uh, show that has basically, um, he does true crime. And he's sold uh, a series to Fox and a couple of other people. I had a call with that podcaster uh, earlier this week. And, you know, the guy is doing things in the podcasting space. Probably we should have him on the show sometime. He can talk about what's going on. And he has he doesn't have this massive audience mm-hmm. on the podcast side. But he's made the content so compelling. He's been able to sell it to Fox and other people. And and um, get some exclusive out of Australia and, and getting paid. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's calling me to talk to me about advertising in his show. And, you know, we kind of walked through his show and his numbers and kind of mm-hmm. we decided advertising is not really the way for him to go at this point. Um, right. Just because the audience size says, well, let's, you know, you got this mm-hmm. fan base. Let's, let's work on getting you monetized through value for value, getting a, you know, user donation support on the public side of the podcast. So it was kind of interesting. Here's a show that's had huge success that's moved into television Mm -hmm. and then having a hard time actually getting advertisers. It boggled my mind just a little bit um, that he had success on this side. Mm -hmm. And privately he shared with me some of the numbers they had done financially. And I'm just like, Bravo! And you know, right. going to TV, going to TV, winner, winner, chicken dinner, cash the check, my friends. That's if you want. Mm-hmm. If, if podcasters listen, want a goal, sell sell a part of your series off the TV. Do what wondering these other folks have done. He did it with no representation. He did it himself. And you know, like uh, a war is an example of that too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a new concept, but. I think, Todd, it's interesting to see these lists of the top new shows. Uh, I, 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 I think those are free shows is yeah. what I'm assuming that that top new show list is. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of true crime, a lot of storytelling in there. Um, it, and then you look down at the top subscription stuff, and um, those are, the, you know, Planet Money is it's kind of a storytelling right. show. But, but it's, it's been around a while. Right, right. I mean. Yeah. So uh, here's 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 fresh one. air with Terry Gross is a is a subscription show now. No, um, now li- it's kind of interesting. We just got a comment here. 
Tom is saying, am I not watching Michigan Swingers right now? Well, Tom, do you see any upside down pineapples here? I don't think so. I don't have any in the studio, so <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, so, and then yeah. go ahead. I mean, storytelling is just really kind of kicking butt here in, in, in the top rankings. Um, true crime, um, kind of documentary storytelling, you know, but I mean, you look at the shows that are showing up in the top subscription paid subscription lists and a lot of them are longstanding shows in the podcasting space. And some of them are new and it's just, it's interesting to see that, um, that side of the industry develop. Now it's always been in, in the industry. It's just, it seems like it's the the paid subscription stuff is really starting it, to starting to grow up. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know, you know, it's, it's interesting for sure. Now, here's one thing that, um, one thing I, I was reading through the list and of course the best show of the year we need to really mention is, it's called a slight change of plans with Maya Shanker mm-hmm. and, um, she's a cognitive scientist who's no stranger to big heartbreaking change. She helps listeners process their own experience or change through vulnerable mind expanding conversations with engaging guests. So, um, I, I think, you know, there's a show we should listen to, but there's a lot of it. They definitely have, um, some diversity here they've got a Latina show. It looks to me newcomer of the year, anything with, for Selena with Maria Garcia. Mm-hmm. So that kids, they've got, uh, lots of different, yeah, it's the lineup is pretty unique. Hey Rob, go ahead and keep talking here because I I, I got to rattle something. I I had a a channel drop out, but go ahead. Oh okay, yeah. I think another thing that really really jumps out at me too is the amount of uh, um, hosts that are women um, that are hosting a lot of these top podcasts. It it really just points out how how dominant women's presence in the podcasting medium has really kind of reached the pinnacle uh, and. I think Todd and I have been talking about that for many years on this show is just the, the onslaught of, um, female podcasters that are really going to dominate this medium. And I think we're already starting to see that domination, um, really kind of take a significant hold in the industry as, especially at the top level of, um, the most popular shows. Um, men are not, guaranteed success in podcasting like it was in the early days time. Oh no. Um, what it yeah. is, is podcasting is, you know, let's, we talked about this a hundred times on Rand's show. Women right. are killing it right now. They're, they're, right. they're starting more new shows than men, uh, right. by far. So, yep. you know, it's, it's a, it's a diverse as it should be. Yeah. I mean, actually there's more women in the world than men. So, it would make sense. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, I think for so many years, let's just be frank, probably the first 10 years of podcasting was pretty male dominated. It was you know? because it was a lot of tech shows, a lot of right, kind right. of shows that, you know, and, and you had to be fairly technical to get involved in podcasting. Now I'm not, it's not a prerequisite um, to getting involved in podcasting, especially at these larger media companies that right. actually, you know, want talent that just comes in and, does the talent part. But I also think that there's also a lot 
um, more skilled w- women in technology now than oh, ever before absolutely. as well. So it's gone both ways. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's the trend line that I'm seeing here too. Yeah. So women are taking over the space. Well, I, I do want to uh, do one personal mention here, Rob. My test results came back from the strip of skin they removed from my back mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, all clear. It was good, right? It was yeah. good. Yep. Nothing found in the fringes. And uh, so anyway, I'm I'm uh, good to live another day unless I have it stroke out or have a heart attack or something else. So <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. So... But okay. no, I think yeah. we're going to start seeing a lot of these best of 2021. My God, can you believe this year's almost gone? It's almost like I, I'm almost, okay, I'm 57. And let's just be kind of frank. Losing these last 18 to 20 months sucks. When, you, when you're 20, 20 you months, got you've got time. <laughs> when you're 57, when you lose the ability to, to have a to have freedom <laughs> right it's it sucks and uh the clock is ticking you know i i've i've got probably 22 good years left or 32 year good years left you know so right you know two really it really it's a lot of living but 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 right. to to take a 20 month break and we're not done yet no it, that's true it, it sucks <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess the Omnicon uh, virus has been de- it's been it's been detected in the U.S. now. Supposedly. Okay, so you know that that's not shh, go away. <laughs> I know exactly. We don't want to talk about that more, right? But um, no, it's just like, and you know, I, it's 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 a sad. You know, I lost somebody, somebody I actually personally knew to COVID here a week or so ago. I'm going to their. Uh, their not their funeral but the reception after the funeral this coming saturday and uh for me i've really not had a lot of exposure to i know probably everyone at this point has known someone that's died from covid this is the actual first time i really knew somebody you know i mean like knew them not like kind of like this far acquaintance type of thing but someone i actually knew but um yeah, and it's one of those situations where, you know, I, I think everyone at this point has probably had someone pretty close. So it's, this thing needs to needs to move on. <laughs> it really does. But there, um, there was a review by Brad Hill. We haven't heard from Brad in a while. And he, uh, he reviewed Facebook podcasts, and he says it's not ready for prime time. I, I'm of the opinion that you're doing some pretty remarkable things for just getting out of the gate. We're seeing some pretty amazing numbers right? already coming from, from uh, people consuming podcasts on Facebook. Yeah. I think it depends on what your expectations are. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't think they're, they're done. Uh, and I also don't think Google's done with no. all this either on what they're trying to do, but, um, but it certainly, is a uh, it's Facebook clearly has their foot in the door in the medium and gives podcasters an opportunity to integrate their content into their their pages and that's a big step forward. That's not the end of the game, I hope, for what they're going to bring to yeah. the table. But I, yeah, and I had a conversation with another individual that kind of let something slip, 
he indicated he knew something about what Google was doing that I was not privy to. So mm. I think based upon what I was, what was kind of slipped in the conversation, it's very, very clear. Uh, Podcasting is coming to YouTube mm -hmm. in, a, in, yeah, a, yeah. in a big way. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. So yeah. we'll see how that integration looks. Mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of when, um, when right. will that happen? I don't know. And, and how far down the path will they go on doing better integration on the video side too? So I, I don't know if they need to do much different than they are right now, but it's an interesting thought too. Um, it could be, if they go all the way, it could be game changing. So... Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. thought what, what Anchor did was big. You know, what mm -hmm. happens if uh, YouTube becomes a podcast host? Right. With RSS feeds. Yeah. Yeah, Todd, did you see this article about Clubhouse? Um, I guess they um, their daily average users are down 80% since uh, last February, I guess. Well, people are going back so, to work yeah. and, you know, they're yeah. not stuck at home and... There's basketball games and, you know, there's things oh, to do. Right. Life. It's not like you're locked home. Right. You know. Life. Life is, uh, has, has come right. back to the world, uh, in, at least in certain places. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of places around the country, it's come back. No, no question. Just got to keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't get locked down again. So what do you think about podcast apps maybe buying ads for your podcast in Google search without you knowing about it? The podcast app and Amazon Music are all advertising against our own podcast title. It's what the, the, basically the gist of the story is. On an iPhone in the UK, an ad for Amazon Music appeared as the number one search result for pod news. Seemingly suggests that access to our podcast costs £7.99 a month, which is misleading. It's free. The ACAST ads also lead to a web player, but no method of subscribing. The podcast app led us to a web player with a promotion for their own podcast app. So, you know. Well, they're, they're all competing for trying to get users. That's what this jumps out at the, out to me. So right. when I signed my deal with GoDaddy, one of the conditions was that I could never buy Google AdWords against the GoDaddy, any GoDaddy related promo code to drive yeah. traffic back to my site. Now affiliate, affiliate marketers that are on CJ and all those other places, they can buy against GoDaddy's work mm -hmm. names, fine. But my agreement was said, you can't buy Google AdWords against, uh, against us to right. drive to your site for people to use your promo code. Um, it was very clear, a whole paragraph in my agreement that said I couldn't do that. So mm -hmm. is it going to be necessary now for podcasters to start having a, are we going to have to go and put some sort of language into our licensing that will prevent people from reselling our, basically, if someone runs an ad for new media show on Google 
and points it at ACAST or points it at Amazon Music, are we are we do we have do we have an ability to stop this? That's the question. I think most people would say, "Oh, great, they're advertising my show. I'm going to get some exposure." Right. You know, and exactly. if, if you're smart, you're going to say, hey, this, you know, go over to newmediashow.com and the list the beginning of your podcast. And, you know, you, you've covered yourself. But I don't know. But it I, is a loss of control over the marketing of your show and where where your audience is being directed to to consume your show. No mm -hmm. question about that. Um, so it's like, I think many podcasters would look at this as saying, well, if, if Amazon's buying ads, for my podcast, driving traffic to my show, then that's a good thing. Um, then there's others that will look at it differently. Where, like, if I have my own website and I want to drive all my traffic to my website, right? Uh, and there, the the listener can decide where they want to go. Then that's the, that's where the conflict comes in. Um, but I think most podcasters can just look at this and go, you know, um, Amazon's helping me out here, right? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't mind Amazon. You want to run some ads for this show? Go ahead because everyone knows right. that we talk about where this show is. Maybe we should start doing that more, Rob, making sure at the beginning of the show, we say, make sure you go over to newmediashow.com and follow or subscribe to the podcast, you know, and that way, if someone does run an ad against the show, thank you very much. If you want to spend right. 10, 15, 20, $25,000 promoting this show and I, it's not coming on my budget. Woo hoo. Oh. Knock yourself out. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no so, selfish interest there. No, no. none. So, you know, right. but I think there could be certain players in the podcast market that might get upset now in, in times past where the advertising wasn't baked in. Right. Maybe that was an, would be an issue. If someone's providing a clean episode without advertising baked in, and then someone's promoting it because of the, then I might be a little upset. But other than that, I think most of us are baking in our ads, and we're getting that free ride on those platforms. So, so I guess if you're doing an exclusive deal with a particular platform that puts you in a situation where right, maybe right. You should, maybe you should put that in your, your, your deal contract with a, a Spotify or Apple or whoever it is that they, they, they buy ads for your show. Yeah. On their, well, and usually that goes against revenue. So, you know, they're going to say, Oh yeah, we'll run ads, but it's, you know, it's going to come out of your paycheck. Right. But so, they're doing it free for, yeah, that's true podcasts out there right my question is how are they selecting the shows that they're doing that for i i don't know but if you you know amazon now let's just be frank amazon's not paying no money for that advertising they're just drop them in there when there's inventory open yeah it's going into remnant because right if it's in their their platform it's in right? their platform it doesn't cost them a penny right you, they can well they can write it off you know yeah. as yeah so, but ACAST, on the other hand, they're just trying to drive people to their platform. So, if ACAST wants to spend money and hey, by the way, ACAST, you want to promote new media show? Good, you're you 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 you're good to go. But uh, others may not be so. As as James says in the new letter, this isn't against Google's terms. It's probably nice to have some additional marketing for your podcast. What do you think? Is this okay? Hit reply and let us know. Well, we're James. We're letting at least this show. I think we're we're good with it. Right. And in fact, James, if you want to advertise this show on Pod News, that would even be even better. You go ahead and uh, do some promotion over there. We would love it. 
Well, I think we would rather that he promote the show in context to the content, right? Oh, of so, course, of course. Right, so he right, can, right. he can, he can say that we talked about this subject on the show and link back to it. <laughs> yeah, Todd, I just did a search in, in in Google for a new media show, and I'm not seeing that any of the of the big platforms are advertising <sighs> the show. No, do you have your, do you have your ad blocker turned off? Yes, I do. Oh, that's that's just too bad. It's it's a sad state of affairs. Yep, no one's running. To be the case, no one's right. running ads against uh, against us. But right. I bet you, if you search for Libsyn or Blueberry, there's a certain company running ads against those search terms. Matter of fact, I bet you, if I run it right now, I can see the company that's spending about three hundred thousand a month on advertising. So let me go home. Yep, there it is. Not surprised. Who? <laughs> I'm not giving them no more. They let them spend their money. <laughs> so what what term did you type in again uh you can search libsyn you can search oh, Bl- oh, <laughs> blueberry well, well no i was gonna say are, are you s- searching for just the word podcast it, it, there's a variety of words that are associated with anyone that's trying to find blueberry or libsyn that are being <laughs> there's a certain company that is advertising <laughs> against our company names. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. You know, so. Um, yeah, so that's going on, I mean, from a competitive standpoint. Right. right. It, it is. <laughs> and there's a lot of, lot of that going on. There's, it, it's basically a whole kind of area of warfare in the industry. Yeah. It, <laughs> That's what it is. It, it is. And, uh, and, and Google benefits from it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It, that's, that's the, that's the way things work right now, you know? So, and you know, I'm going to go ahead and let them, they can spend their money. <laughs> oh, yep. Just search for your company's name and yep. Add, add, add. Hmm. Interesting. So their budgets are well for Google AdWords. <laughs> yep. There is a battle on that front. Yep. A lot of fun. So uh, not that we can, the only way you battle that is if you go and spend more money than they do. And then it just be turned, you know, just, you know, it, it, it's, you're just throwing money away. So it did say here, and, and if Tom's listening here, I guess the the Edison report from Q, Q3 2021 data shows that 20% of people had listened to a podcast on Facebook. Hmm. So that's pretty good numbers. That is a really good number. And I'm telling you, the Facebook's making some moves. Yeah. Now, I, I need to pull, this is December 1st, so I, I'll pull November's data. Then, you know, they, they, they got to get a bit of work done to get their, some of their metadata fixed. Right. Of course, to fully see, but mm-hmm. I would not be surprised by the end of the year they come in at well over a percent. Yeah, and that's that's a number that moves. Yeah, it's a big. It's a yeah that moves them into the top tier. Right, right. that moves. That's a big move. So, yep, that it is. So we'll see. You know, Mike is keeping my feet to the fire here, thinking that uh, Facebook will outpace Spotify by. Uh, uh, sometime next year. Yeah, I think so. I think it's very, very, very possible. Now we have to factor somehow into YouTube here and what impact those folks could have, but we shall see. I mean, they're going to try and compete in the music streaming space. 
So that, that may be a little bit of a longer haul to, to mm-hmm. get into that game. So, and to compete directly with the likes of Spotify on that. Right. Um, trying to, trying to find anything else that's going on here. Um, Hmm. Well, there's a lot going on. I know what's, what's really important is the question. Well, you know, I, I think what it is, is that, um, well, the infinite dial for Edison research is coming out, uh, tomorrow yeah. for the UK, uh, at 2 PM. I don't know who's doing the presentation on that. I wonder from time to time I get propositioned by a research group to do calls with people that are looking for information in the space. And part of the agreement is I can't talk about my own company. There's all kinds of things that, and some of them I have to turn down because I, I don't want to share what I know with someone that's doing research possibly by someone else. But um, matter of fact, I've only done one of those that were like uh, 10 one of 10 maybe. And, mm-hmm. um, so one of them that came across my desk here recently that, um, I thought was interesting. I don't know if I talked about on the last show is there's, um, a research group supposedly in China that wants to know why pod, and I haven't had the interview wants to know why podcasting is not successful in China. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, ghosting people, people disappearing, <laughs> uh, communism, uh, you can't say anything without, you know, no, it, it, you can't have an opinion. Uh, you know, you have to be very, very careful. You know, podcasting doesn't thrive in, in cultures <laughs> that don't have free speech. So no, you know, so that's, that, that's the typical situation, you know, and right. I'm like, you know, I, it's like they could listen to the show and save their, you know, what consulting fee I'll get or the, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, it could, could it not be more obvious why podcasting in China is specifically targeted around, uh, you know, self-help and do it yourself and right. that type of right. stuff. Right. <laughs> right. It's only educational content. That's what they always right. say out of China. Right. Right. Yeah. So I guess uh, Larry Rosen is going to host the, he's the president of the Edison Research um, Organization. He's going to do do the presentation tomorrow out of what's happening with the data out of the UK. All so right. well, that'd be, uh, that's the infinite dial. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get an update on what's happening there. Um, one thing that oh, I found, I had a solicitation that came in from a, um, podcast booking company and um you know so i checked their website out i didn't really look at their pricing mm-hmm. but i just kind of curious yeah you know, i haven't talked to any of these folks and uh so i did a call with uh with this guy and had a great conversation and when they told me how much they were charging for to get me connected for interviews i about fell out of my chair mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'm in the wrong doggone business um, right. it's just like, I, I was wowzers and, uh, you know, they said, Hey, we'll get you on uh, John Lee Dumas's show. And I'm like, uh, you're talking, you obviously don't know who you're talking to. No, I've already been on his show. <laughs> He's been on mine. Right. So right. I don't need to be on JLD's show. And we just right. had this conversation, but, um, it's made those, most of those 
a lot of those booking companies, I'll just say it, are not originating in the United States. Um, mm. not, not, not that it's, but it's someone that's being very entrepreneurial and uh, I guess having some success at booking individuals on podcasts that don't know where to go get booked to begin with. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I was pretty surprised. I thought, my God, there are people paying that much to get on a podcast. And I did ask me, I said, are you doing a rev share with the podcast that you're linking to? Because I wouldn't want to be involved in any rev, any type of deal where it's pay to play, any of that. Mm -hmm. And he said, no. And I just thought yep. it was kind of curious, but, uh, just so everyone knows I am available. Rob and I are both <clears throat> available anytime you want to interview us on your show. Um, right. that is, you know, we're for, just to be fair, we're, we're available to, to do that. And I'm speaking for Rob, not knowing, but I'm assuming you're, th that would be your same yeah. response. <laughs> yeah, actually I have a automated system for, for, for selecting a, a day and time that you, you might want to do it. It's just uh, calendly.com forward slash Rob Greenley. So, yeah, I think mine's calendly forward slash blueberry forward slash Todd dash Todd right. dash Cochran. Yeah. Right. Right. So same thing. Todd, I've been um, thinking about some concepts in the podcasting space, given the, the development and what's been happening around AI technology um, and voice AI. I don't know if you've been hearing about this stuff and getting contacted from companies that are interested in this type of technology, but um, we may have an opportunity here at some point as an industry um, to see more companies enable technology that where you can completely voice uh, the creation and the content and the publishing of a podcast. I don't know if through written if text follow, no um, just through voice commands. Oh well so I mean just think for a minute, you know, the 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 smart speaker platforms, you know, Amazon's and Google Home, you could conceivably create a podcast with one of those, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, enabling the proper voice prompts um, and the content creator just voicing whatever the title and the description and where they want to have it distributed and just have everything done right there via voice. Um, so I think that the technology is starting to develop to the point where, uh, and, and then these platforms will automatically create transcriptions and then, um, actually encode the audio file, maybe do editing on it. Uh, um, you know, I, I can kind of see this automation potentially coming. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about it, Todd, or if you've been kicking around well, any ideas on that side, you know, why, you know, because are you really going to, that's why it's easier. That's well, why. but is it actually going to be good? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's an unknown thing right now, but I do know that technology, our interface with technology is evolving into more uh, visual and spoken commands. And if we think about the growing technology around, especially artificial intelligence um, uh, and machine learning and these technologies, we could see an evolution of, of um, us controlling a lot of things in our lives just by talking about it. I think right. we're a long ways away from being able to invoke a podcast recording through Google voice and being able to capture that distinctly, 
because you're still, you still have to record. You still have to edit. You still have to, I, I, I don't know. I, here's, okay, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. You're a geek. You know, you know, you know what the right a proud geek. Okay, you, you know what the right click button on a mouse is. You know what this little scroll wheel is. Now, not yeah, but I hate clicking my mouse all the time. I want to tell the computer. Uh, what okay, I want so do. okay, I'm just telling you that right. we talk to customers, and this is just fact every day mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. doesn't know that the scroll wheel can scroll their screen up or down or right click what right click does. I agree. Okay, so we yeah. are a long way from anyone using a voice command to record a podcast and publish a podcast. I'm just, uh, you might be able to do it or want to do it. But well, it's all about the technology. I think it takes less skill to understand how to do that than it does to how to navigate a computer. First of all, you got to get the S I R I or A L E X A to understand you. Right. No, I, I mean, this isn't happening right away. I just think ultimately that's probably where it's going to go. You know, my mom can't even talk to her device because it never understands her. So computers are still kind of dumb still. Really, at the end of the day, it's um, it's still a long way off. But think about what's being talked about um, by the metaverse and what's going on with <sighs> augmented reality and virtual reality. But, you can, you know, you can kind of see how this stuff might merge together. We're going to have to ban the use of that word because we, you know, <laughs> because let's be kind of frank. I, I love what Facebook has done in the podcasting space, right, right. But right. their vision is to control everything with you on a headset being, you know, sitting. Okay. There's this, a movie. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it where everyone set with, uh, VR sets on their head, did nothing but mm-hmm. eat and, and basically lived in this fantasy world. Right. Right. Yeah. But we've been kind of living in that world already to some degree, Todd, with the Xbox and the playstations, right? Well, there's that's, been a whole gen. That, generation that's growing up like that. well okay but they they're not like oh fully fully immersed fully right? immersed right I, I don't know i don't know if I, that's the world i want to live in but <laughs> yeah you, you who are you trying to sell stock in meta no <laughs> sell stock no yeah, are you I'm trying are, 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 you know you're trying to drive your stock shareholder st- in in facebook uh, at all oh so okay I, all right <laughs> I never had a lot of faith in the early days that Facebook was going to turn into any kind of revenue generator. Well, I just well, didn't you, have confidence, well, you, but I was wrong. We all were wrong. I know I was wrong about it. Same with Twitter. I it's was just, like, well, oh, well, why it, would I invest in Twitter? You know, right. I was, I was sitting on and when I was active duty in the Navy, this would have been, let me give you the year. Let's see. 80, 47, 91, 90, late 94. And let's, let's look at the stock price of Apple in uh, stock price of apple in 1994 and okay so the stock price of of uh, apple in 1994 the average stock price was 30 cents well the same with amazon for oh, for me i I've, oh, I've been around amazon for years being from oh, seattle okay. and everything so i'm yeah. on it and, and again yeah. 
I was on an airplane with a guy. He kept telling me, Todd, you need to buy Apple stock. He says, it's rock bottom. It's going to go to historic levels. You need to. And I said, you're beep crazy. Well, no, I bought Apple stock a long time ago. Well, well, every once in a while, I see him on Facebook on his yacht and his his uh, his rich and famous lifestyle, because that guy bought enough stock and held it long enough that he became a multi, 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 multi millionaire because mm-hmm. he was buying, he was spending um, about a thousand dollars. He was doing about buying about a thousand dollars a month worth of Apple stock. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, we're all idiots, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did the same thing um, with Tesla back in 2011. I bought into. You shouldn't that. have sold. What's that? You shouldn't have sold. I haven't sold. Well, good for you. You know, so winner, winner, chicken right. dinner. Right. You know, right. when you're not re- going to retire yet. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep going. But, um, but yeah, I bought an electric car, a fully electric car. I got a Nissan Leaf back in 2011. So I was, I was all in. Yeah. I was, I was one of the first 2000 people to buy a, buy a fully electric car. Yeah, and I think also a lot of the times it's where mm-hmm. you are in your position in life too, because I don't think in 1994 I could have afforded, you know, I think yeah. I was, I'd actually right. had recently gotten divorced and was, you know, I was right. ramen noodle broke. So, you know, I, I didn't have a nickel to my name to buy stock. You know, I was lucky to eat. <laughs> yeah. I think the cash, cash, the cash equivalent of what I paid for um, my Tesla stock is like $6 a share. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, and the reason for that is because it's split. Yeah, of course it's split. So there's a lot of, a lot of rumors right, right now that Tesla is going to split again here this next month. Well, the price has got up so high in order for someone to actually afford to buy it, not actually buy a, a, you know, a segment of it. You have to. Yeah, right. But anyway, stock is not as attractive. We have, you know, I'm sure there's many people that have listened to this show who are, all shaking their head because they all missed it, you know, and we're mm-hmm. just, you know, we don't have stock advisors to advise us. We're just, you know, we're, well, and, you know, and oftentimes you don't have the excess cash to be able to put into something like true. that and not ha- have access to it. I mean, I'm sure you can always sell it, but, but that, that Tesla stock went like 10 years, pretty much flatlined. Yeah. But if you, but so, if, you know, but yeah. if you're putting your money in a savings account right now, well, that's dumb. That's not a good place if you can avoid it. Yeah. Any place you could probably invest it in Bitcoin and still do better, even with it's up and down. But anyway, right. I am not, I, Hey, uh, statements made by me are not at all in line. I am not a, uh, right. licensed financial advisor. You could lose everything. Right. Yeah, totally. You can lose everything. Just be advised. You could go put a yeah, thousand, it'd be zero. Yeah, I think the one that I kicked myself the most about was I didn't buy into Amazon. So yeah, I had opportunity at that yeah. too, because I was very early, and that's you know they were just still in the book business. And I yeah, yeah. I if you know you just you just don't know. But well, and I think that the big reason back then was that they didn't um, you know Jeff wasn't putting money in 
to getting money to the shareholders. No, no. <laughs> no. He was all about plowing reinvestment into yes, the company. Yes, which he means was. The stock never really did much of anything no. for many years. Um, and that was a big reason why I, I never got – actually, I got a chance to hang out with Jeff a few times over the years. Um, so back when he wasn't as famous as he is now, but, you, or, you know, or as rich, you know, one right. thing that was kind of funny is I, if I had, um, I remember the first time I was talking about my tech show, talking about, uh, specifically when Amazon did their first profit, I'm like, wow, they yeah. actually reported a profit and they actually gave out dividends. Whoa. <clears throat> you know, that was big yeah. news. But anyway, we're way off track here. Um, yeah. You know, I think going back to you know, some stuff that's going on in the podcasting space, if you look at Hindenburg, you know, they changed the name of their products, reflecting the change of their customer base. So they're now Journalist Pro is now Hindenburg Pro because right. they're probably figuring out that, you know, journalists aren't the largest ones using it. A huge number of podcasters are using Hindenburg. So, right. Um, yeah, you don't want to name your product in a way that pigeonholes it to a particular user base. No. I think you want to have it named so it has a much broader market, right? But, um, but yeah. So, so, you know, news-wise, it has been kind of slow. So if you guys are wondering what we're doing here, we're just, uh, maybe <laughs> we're we're pushing for time and maybe we'll pull the plug here in a little bit. But I, I don't know. What, what do you think's the future for 2022, Rob? I mean, we haven't really talked about that too much. Well, I think what we saw in this uh, share of year thing that um, the the third quarter share of year, I think, is a good indicator um, that that maybe this movement towards subscription um, content, uh, paid subscription content, is is a little bit more than just a passing trend. It's it maybe is going to catch a lot more momentum and. I wonder what the impact of that is on the advertising side of podcasting. Is it going to keep the podcast advertising side? I know Todd, we've joked on the show many times. How many years has the, the forecasters predicted that we, we, we were going to go over a billion dollars in ad sales? Well, I think we're um, a few years behind. Yeah. Right. And so things haven't been growing quite as fast as I, I think many, a few years ago were projecting and I think it's causing a lot of consternation in the 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 monetization community in podcasting around you know how do we accelerate that growth, um, get those budgets from the the radio side um, into podcasting more, and that that's why we keep hearing about this conversation around audiences versus downloads. Yep, is that they're trying to bridge that gap between the budgets on the on the streaming radio side or on the radio side and moving it into the digital side, which is more on the podcasting side. Um, and how do we make that translation happen at a greater degree? And I guess the friction is always, you know, um, for me, and I know it is for you too, is what's the trade-off for that, right? Are we being deceptive? Are we being honest? Are we being, um, are, are we in, inflating the opportunity for commercialism and podcasting that maybe is not healthy for the industry? Um, you know, I think that I think occasionally we get pigeonholed in the saying, and I know that you know some other folks um, get pigeonholed in the saying um, as being kind of detractors from podcast advertising. And it's not so much that I am a detractor or negative about podcast advertising. I just think that it has a place in the industry um, that is sometimes. 
overly inflated of its importance, right? And and not everyone wants to get involved in advertising when it comes to podcasting. And to have that perspective comes across as negative towards advertising, but it really isn't. It's just a reflection of reality. Um, so, you know, do we need to improve our advertising technology? I think it is improving. I think dynamic ad insertion and programmatic is certainly um, evolving podcast advertising into something that's much more scalable across. I think we need to get advertising into more shows like we've been talking about for many years, many Um, years. Yeah. And how we do that is the question, right? Um, And what's the content of the ads? Um, How can that be handled in a much more efficient and effective way um, for the advertiser and for the content creator and well, and also for the listener, right? There's three parts to this puzzle. So I think that I think 2022 is going to be really about trying to solve that problem. Well, it's, you know, if we really get down to brass tacks and I saw one of the companies that is changing their definition and going to that audience metric, Mm -hmm. um, what it means is, is there have been unsuccessful in expanding into more shows. So now to get more revenue, they have to change the metric up. Now, I think they're on very dangerous ground. Um, they're going to have to go yeah. tread very lightly because mm-hmm. you still have to deliver. And you call a download, call it a play, call it an audience. In the end, mm-hmm. an advertiser is going to spend so much money and expect to get so much in return. And if they don't, they're not going to spend no more money. So, when it comes to a brand advertiser, well, you know, maybe this is why this move is, is because, okay, brand advertisers are not necessarily as focused on the total CPA. They're looking for brand lift. They're they're looking for other Mm -hmm. things, other metrics. So you can skew a little bit, you know, by audience size. You know, we know how many downloads this show gets. I know what the, probably what the audience is on a running average. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make this audience more valuable to a brand advertiser? Let, let's just say, okay, this, let's just use a number. Let's say that each episode gets 15,000 downloads. Well, does that mean that this show has 15,000 audience members? Mm, probably not. Not necessarily. Right. You know, right. Um, it's probably lower than that because not everyone listens to every episode. So right. how, and, and if, the, if they somehow they come up with a bigger number, the audience size, if you know, if you have 15,000 downloads, all well, their projected audience over a month is 18,000. Well, maybe, maybe 18,000 over a month because some listen, some don't. There's an intermixing of people. You come up with this, you know, convoluted, uh, you know, calculations mm-hmm. that they reach 18,000 people a month. Um, so you squeeze a few more turnips out of the, you know, out of the cash register from the advertiser. Right. Um, but again, I think there's a fine line there. If, if I'm, if, you know, knowing what I know, if I'm running a, if I, if I'm doing DR, I don't care what your audience size is. You better deliver. You, if you say right. you're getting X number of downloads, I know what I'm going to get from a DR standpoint. And if you don't deliver, then tough. You're, I'm, I'm moving on. So I think it really is, is to, are the advertisers, it doesn't matter what our opinion is, are the advertisers going to be okay? 
Are they going to continue to spend more money? The problem really is, ultimately, is you, I, and everyone else in space has failed to be able to get advertising into the 97% of shows that don't have advertising today. That's, that's the simplicity of it. Is it our, yeah. and it is our fault. And what, and, but at the same time, it's not from a lack of trying. That's for doggone sure. Right. And it's also, I think that there's constant CPM pressure too. I think a lot of uh, companies want to see higher CPMs um, out there as a, as a base metric uh, against their current client uh, base that they have of shows. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how, that's how they feel like they have to grow. And, and I think that's what's holding us back is, is this push towards higher CPMs to the same set of shows. Well, Um, and you know, it's versus expanding the number of shows and getting more impressions or more downloads at a probably at a more modest CPM, which is probably easier to achieve. It always cracks me up, you know, because what what they're trying to do is they're squ- trying to squeeze a billion dollars out of the top three percent, and to hell with the, the rest of the ninety seven percent. Whereas we could probably, if there was some effort put in, we could probably mm-hmm. get to two or three billion dollars if we could monetize the. 47% of shows that are in that 97%, if we can monetize that 47, just 47% would get us to 2 billion, but right. easy, 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 easy. Um, I but mean, maybe even three, but do you feel comfortable? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning this way because I think it's it's inevitable, and I think it's the best long-term solution of programmatic, um, in combination with a uh, you know host pre-recorded host reads, nope. that kind of thing. If we can have some integration there uh, like that, um, host reads is probably not the right definition. I think we've said this before on the show. I think talent reads is probably the hybrid model, um, but because I mean. For scale, for scale, right? It's got to right. be pure programmatic. It's not going right. to. We're not going to get there anytime Through, soon. Doing with, a talent yeah. read, right? Where the actual host actually does the read. Right. We're right. not going to get there. Not in programmatic. Right. Programmatic right. for now, right? Is going to be pure pre-produced spots right. that are going to go pre-roll on your show. Um, and you're going to. They could go mid-roll. Um, they could. They could. Multiple occasions. And it's going to be tempting to overload shows. I think we've talked about this on the it, show quite but a if, bit, too. But if a podcaster's smart, they do a couple of pre-rolls and they let it go. And maybe they get a, out of that because it's going to be programmatic. Maybe they'll get, a, you know, for two pre-rolls, maybe they'll get a net 15 CPM or net 18 CPM out of two two spots. Um and that's not necessarily a bad outcome. If you look at the the numbers coming out of the the fifteen hundred shows on the advertised cast platform, I think it's in the twenty three to twenty four dollar CPMs but, for. But, but that's host red. sixty second spots. Yeah, right. Host red. But for thirty, it's it's more in the eighteen right. range. But it, when yeah. and then when you go to no host red, and it's it's the State Farm commercial or right. whoever right. the local Ford dealer, you're. The highest right now is about 15 gross, not net. 
on the programmatic side. On the programmatic right? side, yeah. And, and that's a lot higher, Todd, than, than it was just like three or four years ago. There's a reason. Right, because there's more demand. That's what Huge demand. Right. Yeah, so but, it's an auction-based system. Right. So I think what will happen is, you know, the, there is a good position here for for podcasters to, and if any of you want to see or hear what a programmatic ad sounds like, go listen to Geek News Central. Go listen to one of my latest shows. You may get an ad, you may not. And you'll see what one sounds like. And I think the key is, and this is what I've battled with for many, many years, is, and maybe it's not going to be a battle. Maybe it's time for, for tell podcasters, hey, if you want to exclude sex ads and diaper ads, you can, you can, you can X out a couple of categories. Otherwise, you're going to get what you get. Right. A and maybe that's the trade-off is control. And maybe we're because in at five years ago I just said never happened, but I think now we're at a spot where attitudes have changed. And with this heavy, heavy, heavy focus by podcasters to be um this heavy focus by podcasters to try to make money. Because right. that's you know, growth it's and money, growth and money. And they and they and they're really not grow to the place where they could should even be thinking about money, but they someone's been badgering it in their head that they have to make money. And when you tell them, well, you might make enough money to take mama to or your partner, your you know, significant other, you know, to dinner or yourself to dinner, and that's it. You know, then it's not much different than where you were in two thousand four when I was writing checks for forty bucks. Well, Todd, I think a lot of a lot of people out there now are l looking for multiple streams of income, right? So, you know, as a way to diversify the risks of inflation and a lot of things going on. So, there's a, there's clearly more pressure on a podcaster to generate some level of income and at least have a pathway to grow that over time through their efforts, right? So, you know, oftentimes they they just want to get on the path, right? So well, if and if you look yeah. at if and you look at YouTube, programmatic's great for that, right? You look at YouTube, you don't stand a chance of making a penny legally until you you can't. I mean, you have to reach a certain threshold. You have to reach right? a certain threshold. Now, you're not supposed to run ads in your YouTube content. People do it. Yes, they do. Um, until they get flagged and then right. are told strike, strike, naughty, naughty, you're running an ad here in your in your YouTube video. But that's been driven because YouTube has basically said, you know, we're gonna advertise against your show. Um and, you know, you have to put your dues in before you can get any income. So. Right. Help us before we help you. That's the game. Yeah. You know, help the Goliath become right. bigger. So right. I think podcasters have an opportunity to not be in that juggernaut, but there is going to have to be some control given up. They're going to have to decide, okay, I can't, I can't say yes or no to every ad because if they did, 
the, the, I, uh, I'm hearing as many as getting reports back from my audience because I'm telling them, tell me what you're hearing. <laughs> you know, what ad did you hear? And there's as many as 20 different spots. So I can't mm -hmm. approve 20 different spots. Depending on where they listen in the country or the world, they may get an ad for something in Europe. Yeah. And that's going to happen more and more too. People that listen to versions of our show in other countries around the world, and they're going to get completely different advertisements right. Right. that are targeted towards people that live in those countries. But, um, but there's no way that's going to happen more and more. There's no way for the programmatic revenue number that I would be getting. There's no way I would do 20 reads. Right. There's no way that you're going to no, have the time to physically no, produce that. No. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's on demand. They're selling that on demand. It, it's real time. real time. Right. People are spending inventory in real time. So it's an opportunity for, for voiceover artists to get some work. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's agencies. Agencies are, you yeah. know, they put they actually hire that out. Yeah. They, they put, they put right. 30 versions of a Geico commercial out or they do 25 versions of a state farm or, you know, uh, some organization does a, you know, I, I heard one from the department of natural resources from the state of Michigan in my show. And it was just, it was a very simple spot. Well, 32nd simple spot you know, report poaching, you know, you know, cause you know, deer season's hot and heavy here in Michigan right now. So they were targeting Michigan listeners to report, you know, report poachers and, right. um, call your local right. DNR agent and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So again, it was almost like a public service announcement, but it got paid, mm -hmm. you know, they paid for those spots. It's amazing how much ads the U S government buys. That's like that. It's just stuff, U S and states and departments. And, you know, they have X now a budget every year going towards buying those types of spots. And it goes into radio. It's going into podcasts. It's going on Facebook. It's going on YouTube. Todd, All at the same you, time. Do you know if, um, for years on the, on the radio side, there was this ecosystem around public service announcements, do you, I haven't heard anything about this in a long time. Is there anything like that going on with the streaming audio side as uh, well as I think podcasting so, I, at this point? I don't think so much in podcasting. Like we were during COVID, we put together PSAs. Mm -hmm. We took some PSAs from the government and made them available mm -hmm. to Blueberry podcasters to, you know, mm -hmm. where to go get them so they could run them in their shows. So the only way we really encouraged it is you know for a national thing like covid we said here's where you can go get some and run those um right. it, the creative was already done so mm -hmm. i think it's on the podcasters interest if they want to i think you can actually find psas just by googling i uh where do i find psa ads let me see yeah i was just curious if you could do that in your show or if that's part of these I haven't heard that it's part of these programmatic platforms, but I think the concept of um, remnant inventory is not as pervasive in the podcasting space. So it's probably less likely to develop like it did on the radio, right? So if I bring up this screen, you can't see it, Rob. Let's see here. It says the adconsole.org. Find, mm -hmm. find assets. So let me just type in, let's go to radio. 
and let's go to a market area. Let's go to, uh, well, let's just do all. And let's just, I'll do Michigan. Let's do all radio length. Let's, can we do a, let's do a 30. And uh, what, what do we, give me a, give me a topic. What do you want me to search for? Uh, how about, um, seat belts, seat belts. No, it's like a transportation safety. All right. Thing. Seat belts, um, child, sa- child car safety. We've got, uh, um, there's a whole bunch here. Yeah. There's four that you can go in and download. They're 30. These are 15 second, um, spots. One's a 30. And these are all around child car safety that you can run in your show. And again, uh, they expire 11, 13, 2022. And let me get the details on one of these view details. So can I play this? Yeah. I Does could. it say if, if those are usable in a downloadable format? It says media it type radio doesn't... agency. It's from the NHTSA. Uh, no, it doesn't say anything, but I would assume you would be safe to run this in a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, so the question gets back to is what situation would you utilize a PSA in a podcast? Well, I think it's would a, you bake, would, you, would you bake it in or would you want to be on a hosting platform that enabled you dynamic ad insertion tools to, to utilize these because one thing to keep keep in mind too is that some shows are produced right with fairly hard breaks, right? So you know you, you do if you don't have a campaign or something like that, you might want to have something in there at least that holds that spot with your audience. Our, right? our customers pay for rebuild, so it's going to cost them money to rebuild each to, each show on each a CPM show. model, right? Well, yeah, we it's it's a ten cent rebuild. You know, if they're going to rebuild a hundred episodes, it's, it's $10 to rebuild. Those. And you're probably not going to see the programmatic, um, buying platforms support PSAs. I wouldn't think so, uh, but I, maybe they do. That would be up to, because they're not making any revenue. They're still having to serve that. Right. It's costing them right. money to serve that. So or are they doing that? But the, 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 the agencies that are running those are getting a discount on the, on the buys. I, I don't know. I don't Yeah. But it's I don't an interesting think, question. Yeah. I think it existed in radio for probably a little bit of a different reason. Well, uh, it's, I, it's, they it, were mandated by the <laughs> FCC to do public service announcements. Well, because radio stations operate in the public interest they, right. and they but have podcasts, to do right. not. And so radio stations have to report back all the PSAs they run, they have to do run, they have to send reports on community service announcements, all that stuff. They, they have to do a detailed report, I believe quarterly, um, right. on what they have done because they are, and a radio person can tell me, someone's listening to this show, um, it's basically, that's their way of staying in the public, you know, doing a public Keeping their license. Right. Right. Even though I, I bet you those reports just go into some big pile somewhere. Right. I don't know if this stuff's going to come to podcasting or not, but I do kind of wonder about it sometimes. Well, um, does Spotify run PSAs? 
I don't know. Is there a purpose for it in the on-demand podcasting realm to, if you don't have an advertiser for a particular show and, and, and you utilize the technique of hard breaks, it can create a kind of a not so great listening experience. Well, here, right? here's an IRS question. Can I run a PSA that I would have charged $25 CPM for that? And can I write that I, off? Oh, and get a get a tax get a tax yeah. break. I'll write off on that. So right. someone that's a tax expert should research that because I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you know, if I knew that um, I could run a couple of PSAs, pre rolls or mid rolls in my show, and, and get a couple, and, couple thousand dollar and get a couple thousand dollar write off, I would run those bad boys absolutely. But I, right. again, the IRS might get a little weird if you've got $3,000 worth of write-offs because you're running PSAs. But, you know, here's, a, here's, the, here's the other side. You have to be earning money. <laughs> you know, if you're earning, if you're actually earning advertising, because I have a, a my um, right. stuff that goes to the accountant, there is a line of how much money I earned in advertising. And there's a line how much I spent on advertising. Cause I do do some spending on advertising in different ways to promote stuff. Um, right. so you just can't write off a thousand dollars worth of advertising and had zero income of advertising. Right. You know, you it, a negative it, income. You, you, right. it's going to be a right. ding, 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 ding. The IRS can say, right. okay, you earn money. You were, you know, there, right. you probably have a better case. Again, I'm not an IRS expert. <laughs> yeah. Talk to your accountant. Get, you know, this is requires maybe even right. talk to the IRS. They will tell you <laughs> if you say, okay, listen, I'm earning a thousand dollars a month on advertising, but I have empty inventory. If I run PSAs in that inventory, can I deduct that as a, mm -hmm. you know, I've done mm -hmm. as a loss or as an expense? And, you know, I'm sure that because I've had, a, you know, I had a situation happen in Hawaii where we sent off a letter to, the Hawaii State Tax Department and got a clarification. I think it would have to be a change, <clears throat> change to the tax code. Well, no, you just, you have to, here's the key. Okay, so for me, GoDaddy was sending me a check to Hawaii. And Hawaii basically said, um, initially, you have to pay general excise tax on that because you're, you're creating a show in Hawaii, but my check was coming from Arizona. And technically the law said any money that you earned, it's paid from out of state. I didn't have to pay GET on. So I actually got a letter from the Hawaii tax system. that says, you do not have to pay GET on this revenue. And matter of fact, we'll give you three or $4,000 back that you paid in the last two or three years. Because so I, you know, that letter, <laughs> my accountant right. has, I've got a safety deposit box. So it's that ruling letter. So if you, it, the IRS will give you a ruling if you write them and ask, is this a viable deduction? And, they, and when they come back, they right. will give you a yes or no. And, you know, and then you better keep that bad boy <laughs> because if you ever get audited, they're going to say, well, you couldn't deduct this. And I say, no, no, no. Here's the paper where you said I could, and here's the rules. So right. the IRS will give you a ruling on whether or not, you, and matter of fact, that's sometimes the safe way to go to ask them, is this a valid deduction? Yeah, Todd, I, I think it's a really interesting question, especially, you know, you start thinking about podcasts that maybe, 
have a theme behind them that is really around that could be related to a nonprofit, right? So trying to support a nonprofit on a podcast um, by running a PSA of sorts. Well, and that's kind of what we're talking but about. But if here. you're, a, if you're a 501c3, right. then there's different rules even then, you know? So right. if you are a LLC, there's different rules. If you are a, a, a corporation, there's, so the, that's the tax ruling will only apply right. to your business type. So don't assume because Todd went out and got the ruling as an LLC that you're covered as a corporation. No, no, no. You need to go out and get your own piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I have been on the end of audits before, you know, the smartest thing an accountant can do is leave you a little breathing room every year. Say, okay, right. we could have we could have took these deductions, but we decided not to. Right. We're, you're gonna pay income tax on that because it's gonna be revenue. And if we ever right. get audited, we're gonna and we miss something, we'll be able to go back and say, by the way, how about these three? We right, we missed these. Right. Well, can I get a ruling on it? And right. So you may get some offset. So I always, you know, you know, the type of CPA you stand, stay away from the one that says, we're going to maximize every deduction you can ever get. That's the guy to run. Right. You run away from that CPA. You want to, you want a CPA that is conservative in nature in deductions and, you know, advises you, no, nope, that 18,000 miles in car mileage. We're not going to deduct that because, you know, it, it didn't count. Right. You know, really, be, be, it didn't count. It, or, you know, later, yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe 9,000. If you get scrutinized. Right. If you get scrutinized. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the right. 9,000 of those 18,000 miles you could take. But, you know, we're, we're just going to leave those off. Now, it depends on your business. You know, if you're, uh, if you're delivering propane, well, every mile you drive is a deduction because that's, that's how you get the propane to people's houses or wherever. But if you're a podcaster and you're just driving back and forth to your studio, well, that could be considered your place of employment and not a, in going to your place of employment is not a deductible for, for you, especially if you have a regular job and you're going to your podcast hobby slash making mm -hmm. a little money. Yeah. You know. mm -hmm. It's just like the same thing about deducting portion of your house for your podcast, which you can do. <laughs> right. But if you ever sell your house, you have to remember that that portion of the house has been set aside in the business and there's tax rules that are going to apply to that portion of the house that didn't to the other 90%. So there's all, if you're going to be in the house forever, you're, you're not going to sell it ever. You're probably okay. So there's all kinds right. of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Get a CPA. A good one. Tax tax simplification is definitely not part of that conversation. No, no. But yeah. there's stuff that you're allowed to take that you should take if you're doing it as a business. Right. The, right. the reason I got a CPA was I, and I got a good one is I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to go back to the IRS. Yeah. It's no fun. It's no fun no, it's going not. to the IRS. Yeah. And for those of you outside the United States, you have your own tax authority. It's no fun going talking to those people either. Because they have the power to do all kinds of crazy things up until putting you in jail. So right. <laughs> they have a lot of power. No they have a lot it. of power. A lot. Yep. Yep. So, all right. We we made it. 
We did. We did. How about that? It's <laughs> always an accomplishment, Todd. Making it 90 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's too much. Uh, without time. any pre, pre-preparation. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, everyone. So, uh, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. No E's because we couldn't afford the E's. I'm at Geek News on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenley, and I can be reached in email, uh, robg at lipson.com. And, um, yeah. And it is getting close to Christmas, so we, we definitely are, any type of Christmas donation is always appreciated uh, for the show. Uh, if you want to write, underwrite Rob's and I's, uh, up, you know, Hopefully someday vacation, uh, you know, we will definitely vacation. Take- <laughs> What's that? I know no such thing. <laughs> what? So Todd, do you have any, uh, new year's equipment, um, aspirations? Rob, I don't need any equipment right now. I'm, I'm good. I, okay. I'm, yeah. I was just curious if I, you had what, anything. I have one and Elon Musk screwed me. He did what the, the. The, the Tesla whistle? The Starlink has been delayed in my area to April of 2022. Oh, wow. Okay. And largely because they can't make enough ground stations. They can only put out 5,000 ground stations a month until spring when they'll get their production up to 20,000 ground units a month. Wow. But they're, but they're got 14 million back orders. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So how many businesses is he going to get into is my question. Well, let, let's just, I, I want you guys to think about this for a second and, and get your calculators out. 14 million. Once they get them all deployed, 14 million units at a hundred bucks a month. So just add two zeros to that. All right. So, so that, that's a number, right? So 14 yeah. million plus two zeros. What, where does that put us? 1.4 billion. Is that the right number? Right. A I month. So. Yeah, it's going to cost him. He, I think he said it's going to cost him fifteen or sixteen billion to deploy this thing. Maybe it was more, mm-hmm. but one point four billion a month. Now that's just right now fourteen million units that he's got back ordered. Right, he's going to have enough money to go to Mars. That's why he's doing Starlink is to fund the fund the effort to go to Mars. You can you can. You can make. Well, it's also building a a a network for his cars to that, to communicate, that, so he doesn't have to use uh, the the internet. That's he that's can create that, his own network. That's right. just that's just putting on the pie, right? because so, you can you can do a lot of networking with one point four billion. Yeah, he needs money to go to Mars, and it well, he also <laughs> wants to have a global network of access to be able to control his uh, Tesla bots too. Yeah, so <laughs> but the US government is not going to put 1.4 billion a month towards going to Mars. Not no. yet. No. So that's what's going on there. Maybe maybe when I'm about 90 if I make it that long <laughs> one small step for man, one giant leap for the universe says a someone steps off the platform in Mars wouldn't that be wonderful well that'd be amazing huh? it would it really really would so I'm unfortunately I think we're gonna blow up a lot of uh Tesla spacecraft in between now and then though to get there. 
<laughs> I think he's already done quite a bit of that. Well, already. I think he's going to do more. Yeah. That big starship he's doing, the first one, they're going to blow that sucker up. It If it lands in the Pacific Ocean as they expect, I, I'll... I think he's got about a 10% chance in pulling off a clean re-entry and getting it stand up in the Pacific because the heat tiles have been a problem. But anyway, there's lots yeah, of, I think all those have been what's contrary to what's normally happened. You know, like with NASA is whenever a rocket blows up, it's always been bad news, right? right. For it's him, it's like, for him, it's like program down, <laughs> but for him, it's a PR event. Right. And, right? and, and he also I, says, we just learned a whole bunch of stuff. Let's not right. be stupid. And let's put another one in the air in 60 days and see if we can blow that one up. So <laughs> if you see how negative and turn it into a positive, if you see right. how they're going to catch this thing, when it lands, once they're allowed to land in yeah, Texas, it's like a little thing, that it's like it's a Godzilla that's going to come out and yeah. grab the yeah. thing, you know? So Right. <laughs> Do you think they, they've been practicing landing on drone ships to hit the X for a reason? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Rehearsals yeah. to this big monster that's going to, and they're going to blow a few of those up. They're going to have to clear that Texas landing area for like 20 miles for, for the first two or three, because there's going to be some big booms. <laughs> Todd's going to be turned tuned in waiting for yeah. the explosion. We hope not. You know, we hope he's successful, but he, he, NASA's hired him to put, men back on men and women back on the moon on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's a couple of years away. Space race going right. on right now. Right. right. You know, so anyway, we're way over here, but yeah, Rob's stock is going to do well, <laughs> but if they ever spin Starlink off, I'm getting in on that one. Everybody should buy Starlink. If they spin that off and make its own company, I will put every last penny I have in savings into that. I'm not going to miss that one. Well, I mean, a lot of the, the new products that he's coming out with um, that are are being bounced around right now is a new mobile phone platform. Yep. And um, I, I believe a line of motorcycles. So he's, and, you know, and all this stuff isn't going to be able to be under the Tesla moniker. They're going to have no, to No, no, it, it's going to be under the Tesla. And, well, and it, they, say, they say within, HVAC. they say if this product is successful, within 10 years, they'll spin it off and make it its own oh. entity. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So can, yeah. Tesla will become the new Meta or whatever. But anyway, right. it, it is what I, it is. But yeah, I mean, I've also heard talk of him creating a whole new HVAC home heating system too. I mean, I mean, you think about a lot of the technology that he's creating in this car has um, abilities to be utilized in other areas. I too, think, you know, I like think. Uh, and I mean, you start thinking about all the technologies, the, the self-driving controller computer in the Tesla vehicles is going to be the core of the Tesla bots, the robots too. I think what it is, is uh, he's got a direct data line to area 51. And I think he's getting uh, all the alien technology transferred to him. He's the mechanism for that. So uh, good, good investment, Rob. Yep. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea that he was going to turn what he's built into what he's turned it into. Well, it's, it's, far beyond one's comprehension that anybody would even envision, right. For what one, one person could do. Right. 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 Okay. going to get out of here. Everybody. Okay. We'll see you later. Thanks right. for being here watching us. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the new media show, newmediashow.com. Go follow or subscribe. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.